Hello everyone. I want to welcome you back to See the Sunrise. This is season two and episode 38. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. It is in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3 where we hear the Lord speaking to the prophet while he was in prison. The Lord said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing, not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. Today, I want to share with you a message of thanksgiving. There's always a reason to be thankful, and recently, I had the blessing and opportunity to present a message on thanksgiving, and I thought I'd share it with you. In Psalms 100, we hear, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. What a privilege it is to preach a sermon about Thanksgiving. And considering this week we celebrate that day, I thought it would be appropriate to share this message. Did you know that at least 17 countries will be celebrating some form of Thanksgiving this year? I don't know about you, but Thanksgiving was always a big deal, even considering living in a home where there wasn't much food. But somehow on Thanksgiving Day, there always seemed to be something to eat. Many of you are looking forward to that large spread on the table filled with your favorite foods that you usually deprive yourselves of throughout the year, from turkey to ham to macaroni and cheese and stuffing to collard greens, turnip greens, Chitlins, sweet potato pie, sweet potato pone, I didn't know what that was, pecan pie, apple pie, have I hit your street yet? Green bean casserole to mashed potatoes with gravy, green beans, jams, pumpkin pie, please stop me when I get to your street. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Often we're eating ourselves into a frenzy with such tightness that ladies are cautious enough to wear sweatpants and the men seem to find a way to unbuckle their belts because of all the feasting going on. Food is not the only thing at the table. For some, there's some elephants at the table. You know what I'm talking about, those things that are unspoken but are clearly evident or present. Everyone tries to play nice and hope that nothing comes up to destroy the meal, but the atmosphere is already disturbed because it is as present as the turkey in the center of the table. However, this sermon, is not about feasting at the table, nor focusing on the unspoken. No, it's about feasting on all that the Lord has done. I need not tell you this year is much different than previous years. After a pandemic that has taken over three quarters of a million lives, I dare say that someone's gonna be missing at this Thanksgiving's dinner table. And yet, the word of God tells us to be thankful. How, you ask? by focusing on why. I'm here to tell you that there's always a reason to be thankful. In that 100 number of Psalms, we are given seven commands and let's take a look at them. The first thing the Psalmist says is that we are 
or basically they're com he's commanding us to make a joyful noise. What is a joyful noise? Translated, a joyful noise is a shout or a cry out to God. And today we rarely exhibit that kind of exuberance when it comes to our worship. If you shout too much or at, <laughs> at all or at the wrong church, whatever that is, you're liable to get glares and stares because you're acting uncivilized in the house of the Lord. But it is the Lord that commands us to shout out. You may remember the story in 2 Samuel chapter 6 when King David danced before the Lord with all his might. He was dancing because the Ark of the Covenant, the place where the Lord was said to dwell, was coming back to Jerusalem. So for David, it was a day of rejoicing and all of Israel were bringing up the Ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets. David, they say, the word says, he laid aside his royal robes and was wearing a linen ephod, which was a clear indication. He wasn't naked, but he danced with such excitement because God was returning. We had, we had at one time a member of our church. When the spirit would overtake her, she would screech and shout, and usually it would catch everyone by surprise. But she was only doing what the spirit of the Lord compelled her to do. And don't miss this. The Bible commands us to make a joyful noise. He says all, not just one person, but that means everybody. I wonder what would happen if true believers were to render shouts of praise to God. There might just be a miraculous outpouring of blessings, or there may be, and this can be of greater value than miraculous blessings, and that would be experiencing a life of pure joy and peace. The second thing that the psalmist commands us to do is to serve the Lord with gladness. Notice in this psalm, he doesn't say if everything is okay or things are going well. No, it is a command to work with, your, with joy in your heart and not being bitter or working reluctantly. And he's not just talking about in the church when we talk about service. God has purposed all of our lives and serving the Lord with gladness applies to wherever you go and wherever you serve, including your workplace or your home. You shouldn't have one face in church and another face at home. When you're serving the Lord, you're doing everything with the Lord in mind, from sitting in the boardroom to cleaning your house, to taking care of your children, whatever you're doing. God is the one who enables you to hold the positions you have, to have a sound mind and physical strength to do what you do. And you represent him wherever you go. We, you, all of us are to shine the light of Christ. That's serving the Lord with gladness. God isn't asking us to wear a banner, but if you're working for him, it's almost like you're this beaming light that shines and what and, and what that does, it glorifies God. And if you love him and if you belong to him, why wouldn't you want to work as if you were working for him? The employer may sign your paycheck, but keep in mind, your ability to work comes from the Lord. Thirdly, the psalmist tells us to come before his presence with singing. Now, my mother-in-law used to always say, if, if you're singing for the Lord, whether you could sing or not, it was okay. And much to my dismay, she was right. I recall when my husband and I were dating and we would go out dancing and he would sing to me, especially when it was a slow song, he would sing in my ear. Now, if it were left to him, singing that would woo me into marrying him, I would be single to this day. So in some ways, my mother-in-law was right. When it comes to singing for the Lord, it's about singing praises to him. And that means it's coming from the heart. 
And we, when we come together to sing songs with blended voices, God doesn't hear if you hit the right note. He cares that your heart is in it, that your heart is right as you're singing to him and acknowledging who he is. And singing and praising dissipates worry and it may even open the gates of heaven and pour out blessings you don't even can't even imagine. Notice he doesn't say sing when everything is going all right. He says, come before his presence with singing. Why would you want to go to God looking somber or pouting anyway? If you know he loves you and that he wants the best for you, you must know that despite what you're facing, he already knows. And when you come into his presence with singing, you're essentially saying, what you're saying is, I, you, I know you know what I'm going through. Yet, Lord, you are worthy of song. You're worthy of praises because God, you already know. And I trust you to fix it if that's your will or to change things. You know, Job suffered. He lost everything. David suffered. He was chased by a jealous king who tried to kill him many times. Moses suffered. He suffered believing that he could deliver God's people from Egypt. Peter suffered. He suffered when he professed to deny Jesus, but what he did, he repented. He wept. And in each of these circumstances, Job praised God. David praised God. Moses turned to God. Peter repented and was restored to God. God is worthy of praise because there's nothing he can't do and nothing is impossible. Singing praises to God can alleviate sadness and distress. It may even cause you to cry, and that's good because crying allows you to release whatever is seizing your heart, allowing you to give it over to the Lord. Singing promotes positive feelings or endorphins are released when we sing, especially when we sing with other people. You've gone to concerts and you see people joining in song and it just does something to them. They just, I remember recently I went to a Gladys Knight concert and the, the guy, those that were close up front to the uh, to the stage, I remember one guy was so engaged in the song, he took off his hat and gave it to you, to her. Have you ever noticed that when you hear choirs sing, especially when it's a song that touches uh, your heart, that there's a there's this sense and feeling of peace and well-being? You may have to go to your secret place, a quiet place where there's only you and God, but I encourage you, saying, sing, sing praises to God. Fourth, the psalmist commands us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now, this can be hard, especially if you're experiencing tough times. God doesn't tell us to thank him because things are good. No, we are to render thanksgiving because he is good. Not every situation you've experienced this year has been good. I'm confident in saying that everyone listening to this word today has had some periods of disappointments this year, some hurt that you find it hard to articulate, some losses, some frustrations, and some letdowns. In fact, some of you are still reeling from them, and sadness wants to overcrowd your heart. But the word of God admonishes us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. A few weeks ago, my son gave me a book to read entitled Lead for God's Sake. And in, in it, there was a part that really stuck out to me. Now, this book is designed as a book for business leaders, but it's heavily focused on relationship and a significant relationship with God. In this one portion, a successful basketball coach is talking to the janitor, and the janitor is giving him lessons on being a good leader. Now, one would think, 
Why is the janitor talking to the successful basketball coach? But you can learn a lot from, any, from anybody if you take the time to listen. In one part, he says, God desires for us to embrace both a healthy fear and a healthy desire for rewards as part of our faith. But when either of them, fear or desire, becomes the central driving force of our faith, when they become more of a factor in your life than your personal relationship with God or your relationship with others, you're going to eventually end up frustrated, angry, and even bitter. Why do I highlight this? Well, when you don't truly understand who God is, that is, you haven't developed a relationship with him, the ability to be thankful is going to escape you because your thankfulness is not built on knowing and loving and trusting him. Your thankfulness is built on uh, what you can receive or not or get what you have asked for. You prayed or desired and didn't get what you wanted, so you felt this God thing is worthless. Your marriage is breaking up, you lost your job, so you abandon God. When it comes to fear, a healthy fear of God is based on what is biblical truth, and that means taking it in whole, not just portions that you pull out that suit your need. Thanksgiving isn't about things that God can do and provide for you or things you do out of fear or punishment. No. God wants to have a relationship with us, with you. And that is what will provoke Thanksgiving because when you get to know the Lord, you'll learn how much he loves you and you can accept perceivably bad news because you know God wants what's best for you. That's what renders Thanksgiving. I can't tell you how thankful I am that God didn't give me everything that I asked for. Because if he had, it may have taken me to places where it would have robbed my peace. When we pray, which is talking with God, we need to sometimes let him speak and listen to hear what he says. God speaks to us in prayer when we pray without ceasing. And that means sometimes you're quiet so that you can hear him speak. Let God talk sometimes. Fifth, the psalmist says, enter into his courts with praise. When we come before the Lord with thankful hearts, we are entering into his courts with praise. We, those of us, those of you who have received Jesus as Lord, are now temples of his Holy Spirit. And when you enter or allow the Spirit to reign within you to come into your heart, it's a place of worship. Have you ever got quiet and turned inside, inside yourself seeking the presence of God? It's a place of peace. It's also a place of escape. And once you enter that place, you'll find that God is there. That is the temple court. According to 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. In the Old Testament, remember when Moses would enter the tabernacle and the people of Israel could come into the outer court of the tabernacle? They couldn't go in. We no longer need to stand outside. He now lives in us. What a blessing we have. And then the psalmist commands us to be thankful unto him. It should be easy to thank God. And if you need some help, I encourage you, look back over your life. And I'm sure you'll find some dumb stuff that you did, yet God delivered you from it. Some of you wouldn't even be here right now if it had not been for the Lord rescuing you. You could have been incarcerated or more. Only you know that long list of, I shouldn't have done that. I'm so glad I didn't get caught. Thank the Lord I didn't succumb to my bad decision. 
thank you, Lord, that I dodged the bullet and didn't marry that joker. Or Lord, I married him and you changed them. And in fact, you changed me. Oh, I know I got some witnesses here today. And finally, the psalmist said, and bless his name. Why? <laughs> this is a good one. For the Lord is good. Oh, yes, he is. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. God alone is good. There is no darkness in him. God is light. There's no evil in him and his motivations are good. God is love. He hates evil. God is faithful. He does, he does what he says he will do. God does not lie. He can do anything. His will is for our good, that, and that doesn't mean everything will be good. He'll sometimes tell us no, or, or, or he'll allow us to endure persecution, but he will never leave us. God has pardoned so many of our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ, and the mercy he bestows on us is everlasting unto everlasting. That means forever, without end. Everything that God promises, everything that he said he will do, he will do. So, how will this Thanksgiving be different for you this year? Can you sing this psalm of thanksgiving? Moreover, are you willing to live it? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. Yes, he is. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. I, God bless you all. I pray this Thanksgiving that as you look around the table and see all the things that God has put before you, I pray that you see all the people beside you and I pray that the love between you will sustain you and keep you throughout, not just Thanksgiving Day, but throughout the year. I want to wish you and your families a happy Thanksgiving. I pray for all of you that have lost loved ones, but the blessing of knowing that God put them in your life for a period of time. I pray that you will remember them on this day. And I pray that you remember most of all what God has done for us in our lives. And if we're still here, then there's still work to be done. So happy Thanksgiving. Until next time, brothers and sisters, God bless you. And be sure to see the sunrise, to see Christ in your everyday situations.